sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Man, that was so spooky, wasn't it, Tony? Oh man, I got him again. That was so good. Uh, welcome. Freak me out. Welcome to the Witch's Brew Engine with your host. It's me. It's Griffula. I'm pulling my fangs out right now. I'm gonna suck your blood. And uh, also, oh yeah, this is good. We love this. And I am joined by my equally spoopy host. Franken Tony, my creation. It's alive. Tony, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good. Um, you got the bolt sticking out of your head. Do you think? Um, I, I have an important question about about your sort of construct, Franken Tony. Um, did Doctor Franken Tony slap a hog on you? Do you have one? Did he bother with that? Do you bother with that with Frank with a Franken Tony? No, it's it, he's gone the Kendall route, and there's nothing okay. there. You're just you're just looking down, sort of a little tearing up a little bit. Have the Simpsons not taught us anything? Forget about Isaac Asimov. When we create robots, the only way to stop them becoming smarter is either not putting genitals on them or using a camera flash to kill them when they go crazy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, just like uh, itchy and scratchy. You just. Uh what are you, the narrator? That one. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be getting spoopy today, Tony. It's going to be creepy, creppy, and spoopy. Um, very scary. We've got some, uh, it's what, three days before Halloween? And Amir, at this point, uh, based on when this episode comes out, uh, oh, it's, it'll be five days before Halloween. Shows what I know, huh? As being a being a, a griffula and, and all, you'd think I would know. But uh, and, and a mere week before election day, the scariest the scariest day in <laughs> in American the American calendar, uh, horrifying on all accounts, uh, which will involve two skeletons being on TV for most of the day. Um, so, boo! Very frightening. Oh, be very bad. Um, and we've got so we've got some. Some fun and exciting, uh, s- spooky segments for you today. But first, we've got to get down to business, Tony. We've got to get down to our normal uh, business. Uh, it's the business hour, of course. Um, we got to take care of this. We did get some listener outreach, Tony. Um, that's what I call it on our document. I don't think I've actually ever said that phrase, but listeners have been contacting us. They have been saying important things to us. Um, did get an email from our uh, friend and listener, Corey, who it took me maybe uh, like four hours after this email to sort out what he was talking about <laughs> in this email. Cause I don't remember anything about our show after we record it. So he just said, uh, where do I order that oven? Do you know if it has settings for my frozen T Ravs and frozen uh, St. Louis style pizzas? Uh, Provel is a very low flashpoint and the local fire department says they are done helping me put out kitchen fires. Cheers. Tony, I had no idea I was going to ask you on the show what he was talking about, uh, but I think I remember. Was I talking about a QVC air fryer? You certainly were, but, but this goes back to our email from last week, our listener from, from Dylan last week from 
Zoik or whatever he was from. You know, the head Oh, of yeah, growth. that's right. He was asking me to push a multi-oven pro- uh, pr- product. Yes, and um, I'm not sure whether Corey's after that particular oven, although we couldn't actually yeah. establish <laughs> what that oven did, and I'm not sure whether it would be suitable for Provel cheese. But I'm sure one of your QVC ovens would work well. Um, I would suggest if all else fails, Corey, um, go with a Ronco. What what can go wrong with a Ron Popeil product? Uh, t- uh, Corey, I would I would send you over to zvook.co where you can get in touch with D- Dylan, Dylan. Um, and <laughs> uh, he'll touch base. Yeah, I don't think Dylan, Dylan and Dylan are going to be coming around, but uh, he'll be touching base with you in the future when he has a match for me or you or you in this case. So, um if you would like to get a multi-oven product, you can cook T-Ravs in there, I'm sure. Um, Are there any on QVC that, that would be suitable for T-Ravs? T-Ravs oh my God, and, yeah. and Provel? I looked up, uh, I was trying to post our, our daily, our, our episode Instagram today. Yep. And I must have seen, I just go on images and I type in fucked up shit. You know, that's how you, that's how you find funny pictures. And I saw about 20 posts that uh, just said they like Pinterest pin type things, right? That said, uh, in cursive, uh, 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 like, uh, what's that? What's that now? TLC writing, you know what I mean? The TLC channel. Oh, yes. Joe and yeah. Chip and Joanna cursive that just say toasted ravioli in your air fryer uh, over a picture of some toasted ravioli landing on a countertop. So I would say any of the air fryers, dump the oil in or not, and fry it or don't air fry it. I don't know. But um, although I did see, and, and, and those will come out, but Tony, I, I gotta, I'm interrupting myself to tell you that I was watching QVC again. Of course And you I did see someone using that big air fryer thing to make soup. And I was, I was what? dying. I was, I was going to pass out <laughs> laughing from the guy who had a big fucking pot of soup in his air fryer. He's like, you could cook anything in here. He's making a fucking chicken noodle in there. Oh, uh, so good. Look, I actually own an air fryer and they're a decent product sure. for what they are, which is just a, like a toaster oven with a huge fan in it. So it heats it's efficiently. A con- it's a convection. It's a convection oven. I mean, it's really... Well, it kind of is, but it's kind of just a fan-forced oven on steroids, mm-hmm. even less of a convection. And it's really effective Fair at enough. what it does. Yeah. Um, but that's all it does. Sorry, QVC. It would, it would certainly get your uh, T-Ravs cri- crispy. Oh, for Cripsy. sure. Corey, I'll direct you to whatever oven you want. Just give me a shout-out. As long as I get a, a little commission on it, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that the air fryer is great for heating up a meat pie. So if you've got a meat pie, you bought it from the supermarket or from your local bakery, um, bought it a couple of days ahead, and it's not piping hot out of the pie warmer. Great place to heat up a meat pie, the air fryer. You know I'm all over that right now. I, 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 I'm very excited for this week's British baking show because apparently it's um, they're going to be making some some pasties. And uh, there's been some there's been some con- controversy as they might say uh over um the the shapes of the pasties so i guess some corn some some cornish people have been very angry about this 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 appeared on my google feed so okay uh, i didn't look this up now can i i um pasties is something that i'm somewhat passionate about so oh my god now did you realize that the pastry was designed as basically a 
before Glad Wrap was invented, sort of a Saran Wrap or Glad Wrap mm. style product to keep the meat filling from getting coal dust on it. So the shape of the pasty was designed so you could peel it off and use the bottom part of the pastry, which you wouldn't necessarily eat as a handle. So that's why the shape's important to a Cornish pasty. Now, I'm not a traditionist. Don't actually make my pasties, pasties Cornish style. Do make them in the half moon, but um, use puff pastry instead and don't use the chunks of meat that you would find in a in a Cornish pasty. I use um, minced beef instead. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, when they when they come out with one that's shaped like a dragon or something, are you, are you arguing that maybe that isn't serving the intended purpose of any particular food whatsoever. No, all I'm <laughs> is saying that, is, is are, are we stuck? In, here? Are we stuck in 1880, or can we let the pasty evolve? Okay, traditionalists yeah. believe that, but it's no longer the um, the glad wrap of its time. Glad wrap of its time now is glad wrap. Um, so that's a great point. We can use that, and we can make the pastry delicious. And you know the people who are getting mad about this are like the Nigel Farage type guys, right? Those, uh, <laughs> those guys, you know, they're getting all salty about this. Take back, take, we're taking back the pasty for the for the white English people <laughs> or whatever. They saw, uh, you know, somebody With in Cola. a sorry making a pat saw somebody in a sari making a pasty and started typing on a typewriter or something stupid. Now, there's there's a great combination with, with the pasty. I think um, any sort of Indian spice, like a biryani oh pasty, my God. sounds so good. My favorite pie, this isn't a, this isn't a, this is not a pasty, uh, a pasty, pasty, pasty. This isn't one of those. It's a, um, it's a, it was a, it was just a pie, you know, like a meat pie. Yep. Chicken, chicken balti meat pie from Pleasant House here in Chicago is very, very good. I could really go for that right now. That does sound good. How is your savoury pie game in your local area? Do you have to seek it out for, from specialty bakeries or it's a common occurrence? Yep. Does not exist. Uh, have to go to like one of three places uh, in the whole Chicago area to get it. Um, and they're, they're all very good. Um, one has all kinds of uh, sort of, I guess, I don't know what to call it, like specials from across the empire, I guess. They will have different things that may have, they, they sometimes have like South African style pies or Australian hand pies or whatever. And then they'll have um, chicken tikka or they'll have Irish breakfast or they'll have an English breakfast, you know, the whole like whatever. Uh, United Nations uh, of meat pies. <laughs> right. All, all the various pies, they have them all. Um, but you're not, you're not, you're not driving around Romeoville and looking at the chilies and saying, there's a fine option for me to get a hand pie. So, oh God, I just told everybody where I live. Do not, I'm not printing my address, which is, I'm not printing my address on this podcast. Um, Tony, another thing I was in St. Louis, uh, a couple, a couple other people who reached out, um, took a picture of a beer list that I absolutely loved. I don't know if you saw this. Um, it was a beer listed urban chestnut that just had a bunch of different lagers on it. And, uh, it was absolutely delightful beer. And, um, uh, Mr. Y, our friend, Mr. Wise responded and said he, he, we had him at Zwickle and I can't agree more. The Zwickle is amazing. I did drink one a plus for the Zwickle and the Stomptisch, the pills was very good. Now, would you say that's your favorite lager style? Zwickle or however like you pronounce Zwickle it? Like a Zwickle or a... Yeah. Zwickel or a Keller beer or yes. a, yeah. 
I mean, my favorite logger on the earth is a vehicle. So heliostat. Um, the one that Metro makes, Metropolitan makes, is a little hazier, a little, a little more lively. I would say more yeasty. I guess. So um, could you explain? But this vehicle is very good too. This beer to people who might not be familiar with it, because it it hasn't sort of perforated its way to Australia. Um, I'm familiar with the the style and, and what it's designed to be, but for those that are uninitiated, how would you describe it without doing style guidelines? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be able to do that. Anyways, but it's a uh, fairly long conditioned, um, very yeasty, uh, uh, hellish type lager, I guess, in the best way I can determine. And unfiltered um, is now probably the, the key thing. Un- unfiltered, most important, yeah. But the Zwickel from Urban Chestnut is is not. It's unfiltered, but it is. It does not come out as. Um, it's not as a. Uh, I guess volatile. I guess is Heliostat from Metropolitan so that they can package it and ship it and stuff because it does go, it ships and they put it in cans. Um, Metro's version does not ever go in a can. They will only keg it. So um, it's, it's that, that lets it stay a little fresher. Um, now you can tell the difference, but, but it is good. Did you try the Kolsch and how, if you did, how did the Kolsch rate to the Kolsch's in the Chicago land area? Very good Kolsch up there with the top, very fruity. Very easy drinking, very refreshing. Um, in fact, we went to the zoo the next day, and I was hoping I'd find one, even though it was ten a.m. But um, <laughs> uh, it was it was absolutely delicious. The Stomtisch is my favorite, though. The pills, their pills, is absolutely delightful. So um, I had to have one of those. That was my favorite of the of the afternoon was was the pills. So go go get that's in cans. If you're in the if you're in their distribution zone, pick yourself up a. Four pack of the red Stomtish cans, very very yummy. Highly recommend. Seeing you were in St Louis and we talked about the food situation there, did you have a Liberty sandwich or a brain sandwich? Um, and what were your food highlights from the trip? Pretty straightforward. We didn't do a whole lot of fancy eating because we had to get everything. So uh, hot salami, the joyous hot salami that we talked about a little bit last week was absolutely delicious. Um, big thick cut pieces of uh, house-made salami can't beat it uh, really good bread got it get it on the garlic cheese bread then you'll feel really bad get that heart get that heart <laughs> working up a little bit you know and that'd be paired with the pills or you, you didn't do beer pairings with your food i'm trying to remember what i drank while we were drinking while we were uh couldn't i couldn't tell you probably a selty i might have been <laughs> for all i know i don't remember um but it, oh no, it was uh, it was IPA, uh, which I don't think is a perfect pairing, but it was what we had. So fair um, enough. It was not bad either, though, for some for a meat that that that's spicy, um, like that and hot. Uh, I thought it I thought it stood up. They stood up well to each other. But I would have gone for a pills absolutely. Uh, what else? We had a calzone. Had a very yummy calzone from from a takeout place up there called Sauce on the Side. And that would have left you feeling like light and refreshed and like you've, you've barely eaten. Absolute death afterwards. Um, and kind of felt bad for, uh, the the next day too, probably because of that. But, um, it was very good, very cheesy, you know, just like eating, you're eating half a, you're essentially eating like a whole 14 inch pizza that just got folded in half. I mean, it's pretty much where you're at. (laughs) Um, and, and then, uh, went to Rockwell brewing, which had the, probably my, my favorite beers of the whole trip, a bunch of fooder fermented Saison 
and sat outside and ate a burger from the uh, James Beard award winning chef. Uh, but it was like $5. It was just like a smash burger on house made bread. And it was absolutely killer. Okay. We've got to take a side trek into Burgerland. Oh, sorry, we'll get into more beer talk as the episode goes on. Okay, when we get to the games, we'll get into more beer talk. But, sure. Like, there's a number of ways to do a burger, but roughly speaking, there, there's sort of a handful. There's there's your smash burger, there's your bistro burger. Um, okay. And then you sort of, which I always think is like a, a much thicker patty that is looking to be juicy inside. What is your favourite style? Because I'm I'm a smash burger through and through kind of guy, um, and I can break it down into what exactly I like because I'm I'm a purist there. But for me, the smash burger is the ultimate style patty. I'm not into big and juicy patties these days. I like my patties to be mushed out, like not dried out, but done correctly. This was a smash burger all the way. The, the bun, I think, was house-made, but it was not like a fancy-tasting bun. Um, Nor it was be. a very squishy, very squishy bun, um, you know, in, in the mold of a potato roll. Yep. It had some cooked onions, but not like caramelized onions, just like steamed onions almost. This burger bared resemblance to what I would describe. It's a smash burger. It was a, it was a, it was a mush-up of a... I don't want to say in and out because I don't, you know, it's not perfect, but it was no. just like a, like a nice smash burger type thing combined with the best features of a white castle. So it's got the mustard, it's got the, um, it's got the white cheese. It had the onions kind of cooked into the bun in, into the burger a little bit. See, this, this is, was a very, very delicious burger. This is actually my ultimate burger. And I do a variation of this at home because nobody in Australia is doing this. And, and it's based off, um, something that I saw on YouTube um, and a guy we've talked about before, George Motes or whatever his name is, the, the burger oh, historian. Sure. Yeah. And he yeah, yeah, did yeah. one where you you do a rather large smash burger patty, smash it, then you put the onions on the raw side of the burger and when you flip it to cook the reverse side, you get that, that steaming white castle action without having to use the hood or anything. And it's, it's yeah. that non-caramelised but kind of steamed but kind of burnt – ever so slightly onion at the same time, yep. just with mustard and cheese. Perfect burger for me. And not on a brioche roll, for fuck's sake. No, no. This was like this was sort of like a salted – I don't know. It, was, it wasn't it was weck because it wasn't as chewy as a pretzel or anything, but it was like this slightly salted, like um, – it looks thick, but it just squishes, you know what I mean, type bun. Uh, man, that was good. And their fries were, were killer too. My favorite type of fries, like the really skinny – fries that are kind of crispy with big pieces of flake salt on them oh, ah. the best and a big glass of, of of like spelt or whatever i had like a rye saison oh. oh gee whiz how good was that huh so that was a happy hey a happy ending to my st louis trip but not the gross kind guys come on um <laughs> don't be nasty did you get one um, of those tony well i <laughs> wasn't able to muster one of those up um <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you you didn't resort to uh, tubing yourself. Nothing, nothing, anyone, nothing. A guy loves after calzone than b- busting a nut, jumping on a <laughs> Zoom call love, and right? then busting a nut. Yeah, getting on getting on my Zoom call, uh, <laughs> unsure who I'm talking to, and pulling out my pud and whipping it around for everybody. That's uh, that's that's called my normal work day. Um, 
All right. Uh, <laughs> no one's listening to this, right? That's fine. All right, Tony. While I was uh, while I was out there, um, you know, doing whatever I was doing, you were you were at home. Well, I, I did have some seltzies this week. I do I do want to mention that I did I did get to try a couple of the remix Bud Light seltzies. Uh, you were competing with me in Sel- in Celtic land by uh, going after your newly arrived uh, white call claw- white claws white claws. <laughs> um, uh, I saw that those just rode up to your local shop. Yep, uh, I saw you drinking the natural lime. Tell me about your white claw experience so far. The natural lime is delightful. It is the perfect drink for watching a six and a half hour car race. Um, <laughs> I would also recommend having the mango flavour, which was perhaps the highlight. If I had to rate them, okay. without any other reference for Craft Celsi or Bud Light Celsi, I would say they the natural lime comes in a 3.75 on the untapped scale, okay. and I would say the mango is a 4. Um, really nice. delightful. Um, can drink them all day. You don't have to pound them. They are sippable because they lack that, that sort of sugar like hookiness to them. Um, they go with everything you have during a car race, go perfectly with a cold meat platter with some salami, some hunter sausage. Um, Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. And we're and just hungry cheeses. now today, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Tony, I got to try the, uh, on that note, I got to try the, the DJ Khaled remix. Uh, I gotta say, none of none of the new flavors. I don't think quite live up to the black cherry, uh, Bud Light Seltzer. Um, that's my favorite still. But the pineapple, I would say, is the closest I've had to the to reaching the summit. The pineapple is very 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 good. In fact, it would have been even better if we weren't, of course, sitting outside because I will still. I'm still refusing. We didn't do anything inside in St. Louis, um, of course, because don't be a lunatic would be <laughs> my advice, but yes. um, did not want to die. Uh, so we, we did everything outside, even hanging out with our, we hung out in our friend's backyard far apart from each other, both nights in a row. But uh, we sat outside. It was probably 51 degrees Fahrenheit and a pineapple Celsius still tastes good. Might not be quite as refreshing as it would be if it were 95 degrees and 90% humidity, like a St. Louis summer is. But it was still pretty tasty. Actually, it was great after the calzone because God knows I couldn't fucking drink any <laughs> IPA or anything after that. It was uh, it was perfect for that moment. Um, well, do you so, think? Yeah, nice job, DJ Khaled. Good job. Do you think Celsius have a longer drinking drinking period? I mean, weather-wise than than most other beers? Because I would struggle to drink a pilsner in that weather. That sounds too cold to be drinking uh, a pils. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine drinking a pineapple. Celsius there for sure. I drink them both. I, I'll be drinking lager all winter. Um, <laughs> not going to stop me. Yeah. I mean, it's nice and warm in the house. That's here, true. But, uh, but I was talking specifically outside. Yeah. Outside. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, pineapple seltzer, I guess I just am thinking summer. You know what I mean? Like, of course. Makes you want fruit. it to be nice out. But but I didn't mind. Uh, I didn't honestly mind drinking it outside. Wouldn't mind drinking lager outside in cold Hell, we tail you tailgate in Chicago. You're you're drinking lager, so um, True. it's really not a. Uh, it's really whether, whether maybe maybe d- 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 I kind of like drinking stout more in the winter, but that's maybe you know at this point the world. I've been drinking stout all summer too, so maybe I just don't care. 
Yeah, uh, I, just really mad. I, I to- sort of get caught up in these discussions and then I find that I drink Pilsner all year round. And I, I do drink a little bit more stout during the winter because that's when it's available and fresh. So I drink yeah. it then. But if I've got stuff on hand or stuff that is released during the summer, especially stuff from America that's that's coming over from your northern hemisphere winter, I'll drink it too. I'll drink it fresh. And, yeah, it's still delicious. I don't know why I get caught up in the season so much because really I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I drink it all year round regardless of style. I have been uh, seeing more like Munich dark lagers or like Dunkels uh, appearing on shelves lately. So I've been all over those. So um, I am a seasonal drinker, but it just has to like if you if you make it and whenever you put it out, I'll buy it. <laughs> yes. uh, Pipeworks recently said they're going to put they were going. I think they said they're going to make their Oktoberfest year round. And I'm like, all right, sure. Uh, if I saw that one day and I'm just walking around and. I'm, you know, maybe it's a spring day. I'd drink a Meriton on a, like a 60 degree April, you know, cool evening or something. Sure. Throw that, out, throw that my way. He ain't going to stop me. Um, all right, Tony, let's, uh, I, I believe that concludes the business, uh, uh, portion of the show. <laughs> Do you have any last business comments to make before we move on to, into the spooky moment, uh, uh, spooky hour of the show? Well, we haven't done. What are you drinking during today's show? We haven't got to that segment. Oh. I'm, I'm of course having a long black or an americano, depending on what part of the world mm-hmm. you want to talk good. about from, which is really delicious. Um, but what are you drinking? Are you drinking the official beer of this podcast, a hazy IPA? Of course, yes, I am. Although I'm about to shift uh, into one of those dark loggers because i'm about to wrap this half of a ipa up that i split with kelly um it's called the it's called tearing a flesh from bone it's the official official beer of us recording the podcast a burial hazy ipa um which i've been drinking pretty much every single uh week for the entire life of the show um <laughs> and it's wonderful i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you in a million years what hops are in this um i think there's some sabro a little coconutty little bit of that tropical taste they often have mosaic in theirs um but uh as usual 8.2 percent and totally delicious so cannot complain about this one i'm actually double checking on on tap to see if it will tell me what hops are in this eldorado i was way off eldorado and uh columbus cryo Columbus. Oh, mosaic. I was right. I missed mosaic. There's mosaic. Okay, thank you. All right. I got one of them. But Columbus Um, in a cryo version. Interesting. That'd be really nice because sometimes that Columbus can get a little um, green when it's just in its Mm -hmm. natural form. This is actually better a week. It's been a week since I got this and it's tasting a little more balanced. It was a little little grassy when I first cracked this one open. Um, All right, Tony. How many of these beers do you buy at one time or does it depend on the release? Because often... From burial? Yeah, from burial. Depends on the release. So usually they release like two two IPAs and a stout yep. um, every week. And then so me and my buddy go in on uh, a shipment together. So he'll send me his order. I'll order it. We'll split the shipping and he'll uh, he'll come by and pick it up, and we'll sample a few beers while we're at it uh, in the driveway, of course. And then um, 
you know, sometimes they'll hit you though with a little extra, you know, uh, little pills they'll drop. They did that a couple of weeks ago where they put a fresh hop pills out there. It was very yummy. Um, they'll hit you with the Munich dark lager. They'll hit you with the Saison or a sour or something. So they tend to toss one of those out. Um, this week they've actually got a, like a whole series of like a, a series of, of IPAs coming out this week. So I'm sort of, you know, mulling over what I'm going to end up buying. Um, especially since I just bought more revolution to pick up this week. So it's a, it's an expensive beer week for me. So do you buy one of everything or do you buy two of everything or? Nah, I buy, I just buy one. Nah, I've, I've, um, I don't drink and I drink enough, but I don't drink enough to buy two of all these beers. So I'll usually just get one of each IPA. That's more than enough for me. My fridge is stocked right now. I don't really have any room to keep IPA cold at yep. this point. Um, so uh, try to get through most of my order in a week and then the next order will show up and then I throw that in the fridge, you know? So, uh, usually just one of everything. Sometimes it's doubts with the coconut. I'm like, well, maybe I'll get two this time, but, um, <laughs> you know, we'll see. That's, yeah. that's just like, even with revolution this year, I just got one four pack of everything. I usually would maybe get two of a couple of the special ones, but I just don't need that much stout. Um, trying to, Trying to be smart here, Tony, you know? Yep, I, I can understand it's that. Hard. It's hard. And I, I want all these stouts. I want lots of it. I sort of oscillate depending on, on the release and what's available at my bottle shop. Um, yeah. Like this week I just bought one of everything other than a four-pack of Juice Train. Now, Juice Train has, has kind of turned into my, my hazy of choice because it's only 20 bucks a four-pack. So in Australia, that's, that's really good value. It's not like super boozy. It's six and a half percent, which is fine for New England, and it's just delicious. So, uh, right. any time I see that, I'm, I'm picking up a four pack of that. But everything else, I picked up in singles. And um, sometimes I'll go back for a second. This week, I did that on yeah. Um, yeah. on Waffle House because uh, oh yeah, really really unique beer. Did you want me to go into a bit of detail there with that particular? Give me beer? A, give me a little bit on the coffee sour. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um. It, as you said, coffee sour. Apparently, it had blueberry in it. I didn't necessarily get specifically blueberry. I got a little bit of fruit flavour to it. It drank very much to me like a really, really bright um, pour over, like a V sixty okay. pour over um, kind of thing. And it 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 drank like that. It didn't drink like a stout. Um, it drank very much like a sour. I enjoy it. It cold, perhaps too cold for some people. I know um, one of the guys at the local bottle shop, he drank it more like a stout up in that 12, 15 degree range and, and wow. he wasn't a fan of it up there. But I would never drink a sour that warm. I That's intense, yeah. I would sort of keep it in the I'm, – I'm in Celsius here. You'll have to take a guess at the um, conversion. But I would say five to eight degrees is perfect for this beer yeah. and it over the course of an hour it didn't warm up too much and was – really really nice and the fact that they used whole coffee beans um really accentuates that 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 coffee flavor and i was that much of a fan of it even though i didn't rate it a perfect five out of five i went back and got some more um or, or got hey, one more a, so that's a great sign when you go like go back for more i always think the crowning achievement for beer for me is when i just order two of them at the bar and i don't even try anything else on them it's like, yeah, give me that again. Yeah. Um, that's always that, a good sign for you. And that was a Mr. Banks beer. So it, it wasn't a Deets beer, unlike 
Juice Train or or some of the other stuff that I've been really enjoying lately that I get at the local bottle shop. So um, they've had a really good selection lately. I, I won't go through it all, but yeah, good variety yeah. of XPA sours and of course hazies and double IPAs as well. Nice big ups to those guys. Yeah, I, I get that with coffee. I got to say the um, when you when you when even when you have like a when you have like one of those pour overs of like a I don't know maybe a very light roasted African coffee yeah uh those start to cool when those cool to that like middle temperature you know yeah boy that's a that can be a tough last sip sometimes <laughs> you know to me it's just like really acidic when it gets like to the middle middle range temperatures it's you like you want it to be cold brew or you want it to be hot you know what i mean <laughs> uh so it so it dampens that a little bit yeah yeah Yep. Well, this this well, it had the sourness from the beer sourness. It, it the coffee reads like cold brew. If that makes sense, you know how you get yep. that yep. that distinctive cold brew thing. And I think That's alcohol point, extraction yeah. does that. Um, it yeah. really accentuates the cold brew kind like of that. thing. God, I got to make some cold brew. Drinking so yeah, much. Yeah, I actually, I have some. I got to cook up too. Yep. Um, all right, Tony. It's time to get into some very important Halloween topics. Um, people are out there; they're they're uh, they're sick of wearing masks. Tony, we're sick of it. I'm put. I'm taking off my medical mask and I'm putting on my Dracula mask, or I'm putting on my Donald Trump mask, or my uh, I don't know what's another mask you could wear. Uh, werewolf mask, one of those. And uh, they're and then they're going out and they're breathing and coughing on each other and eating candy and all standing around with all their 30 kids and boy, doesn't that sound good huh? on any year? Really? I mean, even not even pandemic, I would love to be out there getting diseased um, from different candies and being hacked on by an infant. So uh, Tony, uh, I know I'm sure this is going on in Australia, right? You guys are big into Halloween. <laughs> not at <laughs> I'm all. Laughing, trying to ask. <laughs> yeah. You don't have it really. Do you? No. Um... Thank God. Lucky you. Uh, we have a bunch of posts on our on our like village Facebook, which you know I'm in it. Um, reading these posts of people, they're ruining Halloween for the kids. You know, getting mad, getting salty. Um, so I thought we could celebrate Halloween in a safe way on our podcast from many, 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 many miles apart, and talk about some of our favorite candies, some of our favorite candies. How would they go in a beer? Things like that. So I found a way to kick this off. Um, some website, it looks like a website that's on the, uh, whatever the platform that Deadspin used to be on, whatever that is, medium or whatever it is, or, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, like Jezebel is on that same <laughs> platform before, before that was shut down the onion. Yeah. So, there, uh, they, there's this picture, and I'm not sure what the efficacy of this data is, but it's a picture of the United States, and it is broken up into some orange and black colors that represent um, chocolate candy and non-chocolate candy, and it shows the favorite candy of each state. So um, there's, uh, and it's interesting because a lot of what I would say are more typically. Um, Red states, although it's not a, it's not one hundred percent for sure, uh, seem to enjoy the like fruit candies versus what you would maybe call more traditionally blue states that seem to like chocolate candies. Now, Tony, if you were a trick or treater, if you 
know, if you were being Frank and Tony for real, you got the bolts in your neck, your mom's, you know, painted all the little fake blood all over you. You got no hog anymore, obviously. Uh, you're walking around the street looking for candy. What are you the most excited for? Is it little fruity non-chocolate candies or are you waiting to get that big fat Reese's cup in your, in your little bag there? It's got to be chocolate. I, I'm, um, I'm a chocolate guy all the way. Like nothing wrong with like a, a, like what I would call a candy candy, but I'm, I'm a chocolate guy. So yeah, that would be what I'm after. Some sort of bar. Some, um, yep. Same here. Uh, I want my Reese's cups, my Snickers. I'll take a Kit Kat. I'll take a, you know, a Milky Way, a Butterfinger, any of those. I'll, I'll get down on those. Uh, I have I have a handful of complaints I do want to make this map, and I will post this map on Instagram for people. Now, I, I want to clear something up right away before you get in detail in the map. Just a difference between America and the rest of the world. Not that there aren't enough of those at the moment, but... The Milky Way, not the same bar as the rest of the world. What you guys call a Milky Way, we call a Mars bar. And we have okay. a separate bar yeah. called a Milky Way, but without, it's essentially the same bar, but without that beautiful bit of gooey caramel in the top of it. And it's just oh, that yeah. whip See, filling. That's what it does, yeah. We have like, we have the, oh yeah, that's a Three Musketeers here, is the whip stuff is but, in the middle of that. There you go. I don't know what the Mars company are doing, but apparently they they've had to make a distinction between those those two bars in America. I uh, couldn't and, tell you why on earth. Yeah, no, and a Mars bar is um, delicious. So, but. Tony, I just want to get your response on a couple of issues, and even see if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, number one, my number one complaint. With this, well, no, okay, let's say it's a tie because I have two of these. Uh, Oklahoma's favorite candy is runts. Tony, do you know what a runt is? I'm familiar with the runt. This was a big part of the This Ain't Iowa folklore, if you remember back to the days of the <laughs> Binion's Poker Hall. And oh, sure. the candy cart was still around on my second yeah. to last or last trip. I think it was the second to last trip we were yeah. in. But yeah. Binions with the runts and um yeah i was thinking that the banana runs before i had them were like the soft candy banana that we get no, here. No, no, no. they are not a good candy i have had them i've experienced them they came out of a, a like candy machine where you put in your quarter or, or whatever you put into those machines these yeah, days you spin the thing and it's just a bunch of crap spits out of it yeah yeah and runts are a terrible candy. How they are the favourite of any state in America baffles my mind. If it was going to be any state, I, I would have thought it would have been an even more trash state than Oklahoma, like Alaska or Hawaii. Yeah, the not real states. Yeah. Um, so another one I'd like to loft out as an issue. Well, well I, I don't really even want to go into this, but circus peanuts for New Hampshire. I mean, I don't come on. Circus now, peanuts. I don't know if you know what these are. They're just no. these little like sugar marshmallowy. They're not really marshmallowy. They're just like these soft sugar gas station garbage candy that are shaped like they're orange and they're shaped like uh like shelled, not shelled, unshelled peanuts. So with with the shell on. Um, so they don't and they contain taste any peanut awful and really like nothing. There is no peanut in them. They don't oh. taste like anything really. They just taste like sugar. Uh, really bad. 
Not a fan of those. Another one I'd like to complain about, Indiana. Indiana, which is the dumbest state, of course. It wouldn't matter what Indiana have as their candy. You would have found a way to complain about it. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Of course, yep. But their favorite candy is dum-dums. And a dum-dum, are you familiar with a dum-dum, Tony? Again, this is one of the few candies that I wasn't familiar with. So, no, I don't know what a dum-dum is. It's a a little tiny sucker that you got after you got a, a shot from the doctor when you were six. Oh. Um, it's a little tiny lolly. <laughs> the generic um, lollipop. Pretty much, yeah. It is just generic lollipop. It's it's a, it's a little uh, sphere about the size of um, maybe uh, you're like the, the, the tip of your pinky finger or like your pinky from the, knuck, from the knuckle to the tip of the finger. That's maybe the size of it. Um, it's very bad. And uh, whatever, it's it's not it's not even that it's very bad. It's just nothing. It's just there's nothing to it. It's the dentist candy. What's favorite? It's the favorite thing to do in Indiana. In in Illinois, is it going to say like go to a restaurant? In Indiana, it would say go to the dentist. I don't know what. <laughs> what are you doing in Indiana? I don't know. Um, very bizarre. Illinois is Kit Kat. By the way, that's our favorite candy. The only the only state that got it right was actually Wisconsin. God. God, I can't believe they managed to nail this, but they got the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, which is the best candy. They're not alone there. There are a couple of other states with, with Reese's. Well, one of them is a West Coast state, so I don't know. No, uh, or it's Reese's Pieces. Oh, Those that is different. Reese's Pieces, which is trash. Not a fan yeah, of the Reese's, Reese's Pieces. Reese's are, are, are like a peanut butter cup if it's all you can get because you're homeless or whatever. <laughs> It's like the pasties of, of, of candy. Yes, exactly. You nailed it. Um, so there's a lot of problems with this. I actually don't believe it could possibly be. Um, the fact that one, two, at least two states, three states, favorite candy is airheads uh, is really remarkable. <laughs> um, as long as you know what an airhead is, Tony, it's just like this. It's just, it's just impossible for anyone over 10 to chew um, taffy-type thing. Okay. Uh, and it's just hard as a rock, though. I mean, I don't know how anyone bites into it. Um, I'd be afraid my, one of my teeth would rip out. I mean, my teeth are in pretty good working order, intact. But I don't know. Once you turn 30, I'm like, you're, you're getting nervous about eating this thing. Uh, and then the other weird thing with this, just the delineation of the map, is that Alabama and Louisiana uh, are paydays. And a payday, Tony, do you know what that is? You're picking all the candies. I don't know what they are. Yeah, yeah, good. No, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, Because you should, if if it was a good candy, uh, a payday is a bar, but it's grouped in with the chocolate candies, but there is no chocolate on a payday, I, I don't believe. Oh, so uh, it's, it's like just, a health bar is it kind of thing where it's all nuts. It, it, it or really, I mean, the, the health value, the health value of a payday compared to like a, a chewy bar, it's probably not far off. Um, it's just like caramel and stuff covered in peanuts. Uh, so I don't know how that got lumped in with chocolate candies, but no. But, um, so yeah, I had a lot of complaints about this. Tony, what do you think? Do you have any questions about this? Do any of these really set your set your set you off? Well, Maybe not quite as bad as me. Just the, the fact that Kit Kat is lumped in as one candy, 
like these days, I don't know whether it's the same in the US, a Kit Kat comes in a thousand different varieties. You could almost do like a Goose Island release of Kit Kats. We've got a, or at least we did before shutdown, a specialty store in one of our malls in Melbourne. And it's a Kit Kat store and you can use a touch screen to create a custom Kit Kat if you want to go that far. But they have limited releases. I'll be honest with you. You guys have a lot more Kit Kat variants in I know, well, you're not, so in Asia, I know they're huge. I mean, you're eating, they're eating seaweed Kit Kats and shit in the, in Japan or whatever. Yeah, we get those at our specialty Kit Kat store. Um, and they, they bring over the matcha tea Kit Kat. Not a huge matcha tea fan, but like the mat, matcha tea Kit Kat. Um, they've had the ruby chocolate Kit Kat. Um, really delightful. Have you had ruby chocolate before? No, I would love to. I've been watching. It's it's been appearing on the baking show all season, and so uh, no, we haven't had any of that. We got Kit Kats plain. I I don't. I'm I might be. I'm not. I've been to a grocery store in months, many months. <laughs> um, so I couldn't tell you what kind of Kit Kats we got rocking here. But we do not have many. We do not have what you guys have with Kit Kats. So that's that's we're stuck with Kit Kat original type for some reason. Even though I'm sure. Uh, just like America invents all good things, we invented the Kit Kat, which is only good, by the way. I, I'm not not going to say the Kit Kat's amazing. but um, A lot of Starburst on here, Tony. I don't know. What do you think of that? Starburst is a fine candy. I don't want to shit on Starburst. It's it's a fine candy, but it's just an okay candy. It's, it's – how do I – Equate it to beer terms. It's not a Bud Light. It's better than that, but it's it's nothing special. It's it's just it's a three star candy. That that's how I would rate it on Untapped. No, it is. It's and maybe the orange or like the red are like four, three and a half. You know, and then lemon is like a two. See, I would have those reversed. I would say the lemon. See, you like lemon better. I like lemon better now that I'm an adult. But when I was a kid, I absolutely hated them. Lemon Starburst, just bypass them. Just throw them into a trash. Maybe, maybe now as a grown up, I'd like them a little more. Um, so, Tony, I have an important question for you. You're at least kind of halfway familiar with most of these candies. Uh, give me, give me a couple that. Um, so, obviously, I, I want to remove. A, I think Reese's peanut butter cups. And Snickers are just going to be good in a in a beer. I just yes. I've had beers with stuff like that in it. Agreed. We know those are good, right? Yes. Peanuts, all caramel, all that crap. Which uh, pick pick another candy out here that you think might turn out to be really good in a beer, and maybe and maybe isn't one of those you know two that are obviously going to be tasty in a nice stout. There, yeah. So you want to actually discount the the stuff that is too subtle to really add a lot to a beer. So does a Mars bar or, or Milky Milky Way in your case, does that really add a lot? A Hershey's Kiss, well, that's just it's just chocolate, chocolate. flavour. Yeah. yeah, that's not, not even adding good a chocolate. Lot. I would actually look at the hard candies, and I really think, and this is another one with a different name in Australia, um, we don't have the brand name, but I'm familiar with what they are. But I think Smarties would actually make a, a good candy stout. Sure. 
the powder. I mean, they're like little chalk. They're here. They're like little chalk. Yes, sour little chalk things. Yeah, that that's specifically what I'm talking about. Ours are kind of like a bigger version of an M M&M. and M, and again, too subtle to put in a beer to worry about. Um, the other one I would I would think um, would be interesting, and it would only work in a fairly limited scope. Is hot tamales. I think if you find the I, right stout to put that in, I think that yeah. would be really interesting um, because they're a candy that, that bring a lot to the table and you have to be in the right mood for them. Um, I would think an apple crumble beer would be perfect to add a hot tamale to. I, yeah. I, I, hey, I'm on another planet with you with those hot tamales. I, I'm thinking something like a red ale or something, like a, uh, or like a hoppy really uh, beer with like a little hot tamales in there. Uh, red ale stuck out to me cause those have a little sweetness to them. Um, but I think something like that, uh, that, that typically, um, well not typically, but sometimes gets like cinnamon added or something. Yep. Um, could really be, could really be interesting. Um, think another dark horse. And again, it's in the hard candy range is nerds. Why well, haven't, well, maybe we have, but I think a nerds beer it's it's we're just crying out for that beer. That's just like with modern beer styles. That that to me is an adjunct that should be used and used often. Now there are one or two on this list that have no place in beer. And if you want me to go into that, I can certainly go into that as well. Well, I'm, let me just jump in real quick, and I will say I I don't think there's been a, I I think there has been a I think would be really good in beer, and I I gotta believe there is one is Sour Patch Kids. That that was too obvious to me because yep, yep. Of, of and course. I think it already exists. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, other than that, I think you and I are actually on the same page. Uh, Heath Bar is another one that actually has gone come across really well, and I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised oh. to see that as a favorite candy for people. But really, I um, love a Heath Bar. Oh no, I do too. But I just don't. I mean, that's not. It's not nearly as prevalent from like a purchasing standpoint. But okay. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I think we're on the same same place there. Tony, pick pick one out that maybe you think's really going to suck. Junior mints. Oh yeah, I hate mint and beer. <laughs> that to me it. stood out like that is going to be a trash beer. It, it, it's people are going to try and do the St Patrick's Day thing with it, and that's not what a junior mint is. Um, and I mean that by the, the shamrock shake. They're going to try and turn it into a shamrock shake, and a junior mint is not a shamrock shake. And I'm shocked that a junior mint was a favorite in at least two states. I, I, don't, I don't love junior mints. I'm not a – no, I'm a uh, – Kelly loves mint and chocolate. Uh, she likes mint chocolate ice cream. Almost everybody I, I know – I don't know about you, Tony, but they like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yes. Um, and I'm not – Super anti, like it, I, it grosses me out, but I just don't care for it. Like I don't, it doesn't interest me to eat, uh, to, to get mint and chocolate together. Um, I'll eat like a little Andy's mint, you know, the little, um, little chocolate mint guys you used to get when you walk out of a dinner place when you're leaving fucking Olive Garden. Um, and, uh, I'd eat it. I mean, if somebody offers me a junior mint or two, sure. I'll pop a couple, you know, but, uh, it's not something I'm actively pursuing. And I don't love mint in stout either, period. You know, even good mint stouts, um, yep. like 17 from Perennial, I'm just not a fan of. There's just something about the mint that's, like, drying to me um, that doesn't work. So, uh, 
Not for me, you know. Uh, any with the junior mint, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. Any others that stand out for you that you wouldn't have in beers? Maybe you have to discount things like dum dums and runts that are just like just not good enough to even bother about. But is there anything else that stands out for you that shouldn't go into a beer? I just there's a couple of them where I like Twizzlers. What would you get out of that? You know what I mean? I, I was thinking that. Um, and did it have the opposition to a Twizzler? Because isn't there uh, red vines? Was there any red vines on this list? Yeah, those the, the Twizzlers and red vines are such weird. Twizzlers were a favorite candy of drum corps people because they will last for eternity in the worst possible conditions. Um, <laughs> it's not like anything can happen to a Twizzler, you know what I mean? It goes through a shredder or something. That's the only thing that can happen to a Twizzler. The- they both remind me of flavored plastic for some reason. There's not a lot yeah, going it tastes, on. It just tastes like it tastes like plastic you can eat. It's like a yep. it's like a novelty. And Very I, weird. I'm a big fan of red licorice. We have raspberry licorice in Australia, but yeah. our raspberry licorice actually has flavor and it. it. Tastes like sweet artificial raspberry. Yeah. But Twizzlers and red vines don't. I've had black licorice beers that I've liked, so I don't know. Maybe I'm. I've I've had that black one sounded sneaky stouts. good to me. Yeah, is that what you've had them yeah. in? Have you had them in stouts or have yeah. they been in more yeah, farmhouse yeah. stuff? No, in uh, in stouts. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of. I that. like it. Yep. Actually, I think the, I know the worst one, Tony. It's Tootsie Pops. <laughs> uh, Tootsie Pops would be a horrible beer with that combo. Really, really bad. Well, isn't that uh, just like adding Belgium candy sugar, but with artificial color in it? When you think about it. Yeah, it's got fruit flavor on the outside. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) Tootsie Pop has, like, cherry taste, you know? It's not good. All right, Tony, I have one quick fire question for you before we go on to a game. Um, uh, To stay in the Halloween mood here. Um, All right, Tony, you got... Uh, you got all your Halloween monsters. You know them. You're, I mean, we already talked about it. We got Draculas. We got Frankensteins. We got the werewolves. We got mummies. You got zombies. Van Helsing. Killing them. Isn't it? He's a Halloween guy, right? Van Helsing. I did write his name on here for some reason. <laughs> you're hanging out with one. You, you want to have a nice time. You're going out to a brewery with one. You kind of want to pick someone who might have some, some sort of complimentary beer taste to you. Who, who would be the monster you'd want to go hang out with to drink beer with? Now, any like Frankenstein kind of monster, I think is cool because they're essentially beer winches in monster form. I think they're subservient enough to be getting the beers for you. Um, oh yeah. And they, they wouldn't like, I think they'd be willing to do that for you and they wouldn't wouldn't drink the stuff that you want to drink and they wouldn't demand that, that you drink this terrible beer. They're fairly subservient. So they That's would be my take. pick. What about for yourself? Yeah. You've obviously thought about this this question. What sort of monster would you choose? I got two favorites. All right, Frankenstein, because he's so big and he's so artificial yes. that I think what he could do is take me to like – he and I could go to like other half – and drink 40 stouts with 50 different things in them. I think that he would really identify with those and we'd have a really nice time. He's like, these beers are like me. So you're They're made of so many mode. different parts. I like it. Yeah. We're growing together in the brewery. Yeah. And the other one I'd like is the werewolf. Now, uh, a werewolf, I'm, and I'm thinking like Flanders type werewolf from the Treehouse of Horrors. You know, you get bit by a werewolf and you become 
right? I'm thinking werewolves are coming, you know, the, the real ones, you know, the real werewolves, Tony, they're out there. They're coming from like European farmland, right? That's their roots. So I'm thinking me and the werewolf, he's, he used to be a Belgian farmer. I want to drink Belgian farmhouse ale and me and the werewolf are getting down on some wild, uh, Saison. We are loving it together. Um, so I think Frankenstein and the werewolf could have two very, you know, me and the werewolf having sort of a pastoral beer experience, me and Frankenstein heading down to Brooklyn, heading down to Chicago or whatever to go drink some hardcore pastry stout and get real tipsy off of it. Um, I think we could all have a nice time. So, Hey guys, give me a shout if you guys want to get together and, and get drunk. Okay, then. What do you think? Is that was, that was a lot of thought I put into that. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to throw it back at you because what monster wouldn't you want to be your your beer drinking pal on on Halloween or or at any time in when you go out for beers somewhere, whether it be on a patio? I think if you get Dracula drunk, you're in trouble. I just don't want to. If I get if I get a tipsy Dracula, you, we all get the munchies when we're. Right. I'm 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 slamming down chippies when I've been drinking. He's coming after my neck, so I don't need drag, drunk Dracula meandering after me, um, falling over and sinking his fangs into me on accident. Pass. My nightmare would be, of course, the one and only Cookie Monster. <laughs> because you know what happens. Every place has got a pastry stout on board, yeah. and you know that's all he's drinking. And you know he'll make you order it because that's how Cookie Monster roll. It's all about Cookie Monster and you got to have what Cookie Monster's having. And then you would get your pastry stout to the table and then the Cookie Monster would drink that pastry stout. You yeah, would get too, no too friendly. Yeah. yeah, he's just drinking everybody's, yep. That damn guy, you know, he's so nice. He's, he's just, he, he's clingy. You can't get rid of the <laughs> damn guy. Drive you nuts. All right, Tony, as usual, you know I couldn't let without a fun little game for us. Um, we have brought back, I, I've actually gone through and really done some real writing. I, I didn't let PastryBot do it for me this time. We appreciate PastryBot. We love you, man. But, you know, today I had to go through and do it myself. Um, uh, and we have a new edition, traditional style of two brews and a lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah! There it is. Beautiful. Uh, Tony, we got three rounds as usual. Three rounds, three beers each. You know the rules. Uh, two of these beers are real. One of them I made up with my big giant brain uh, and tried to fool you into choosing uh, errantly making the wrong decision so that um, uh, something bad will happen to you. It's spooky on Halloween. And if you get uh, two of the three correct, you will get your favorite candy from the map, which I believe you said was um, runts or something. <laughs> and if you get uh, less than that, uh, you, of course, as we know, have to donate $1 million to the Dracula Foundation. Um, so, Tony, are you ready? I am. I do have one question, though, because a lot of this episode sure. has been spookily themed. Is this game themed around the upcoming holiday? 
Of course, this is a Christmas themed game, Tony. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's uh, this is a Halloween themed game. Uh, we have three Halloweeny spoopy rounds for you, and uh, it's going to be very uh, creepy and scary, and you'll be uh, chomping on those fingernails the whole time. Ooh, very, very scary. I'm very anxious. You'll be shaking in your boots. Um, and who knows if he wears boots, guys? I don't know. Um, all right. So the first round, I call this round Trick or Treat. And here's your first beer, Tony. Uh, this beer is called Halloween Spooky. It's from Blue Mountain Brewery. It's eight an eight point four percent pumpkin ale. It, it here's its description. Okay, our spooky bourbon barrel aged imperial pumpkin ale has undergone a ghoulish transformation for the Halloween season. This special variant was moved from bourbon barrels to rum barrels and aged with 15 pounds per barrel of a classic Halloween candy. Trademark law prevents us from using the name, but you'll know it when you taste it. Deep, rich, and delicious. Now, do you know what that specific candy is? Are you aware of what it is? or I do not. I okay. did not look for what candy it is. Uh, of course, as per the law, of the of the land, I can only give you the description of the beer. Um, Absolutely, but I just wanted to know whether you had that knowledge or not. Um, no, I didn't. I don't know. And actually, I realized as I read it, I should have actually just looked because I'm curious. Also, yeah. I would like to know what it is, but maybe we'll find out once we but once we get through this. There, there is an alarm bell because most most beers use when they do their alcohol fraction, they use an odd number. So eight point four. That's a question mark for me. All right, here's uh, the second one for you, Tony. This one's called Creepy Crawlers. It's from Jay Wakefield Brewing, 6%. A creppy and spoopy sour ale infused with blue raspberry and soury sour gummy worms. <laughs> uh, now, is it actually spooky or is it spoopy? It is creppy and spoopy with a P. <laughs> okay. P is in, yeah. <laughs> because you started off the show using... Those kind of adjectives. I don't know whether you've got it from this beer review or that's something that, that's common within your your dialect. Um, and yeah, I mean your well, personal in our dialect. dialect. <laughs> the Chicago dialect. We all say spoopy and creppy. Um, all right. And here, uh, this one is from one of our favorites. We love these guys. This is called, If You Want a Tasty Treat, Be Sure to Holler Trick or Treat. It's from Evil Twin NYC, 13%. I knew knew it was going to be Evil Twin with a name like that. Anything that's so abstract, it has to be Evil Twin. Imperial Stout brewed with five well-known brands of grocery store chocolate candies, plus candy corn, peanut butter taffy chews, circus peanuts, malted milk balls, and chocolate-covered almonds. A mouthful of Halloween chocolate treats with distinct notes of peanut butter, malt, and almond. Full-bodied with a long, sweet finish. See, the alarm there is circus peanuts for me because you have spoken how they have no place in beer because they have no flavour. But Evil Twin have put, thrown the kitchen sink at it, so that's, that's sort of my least likely out of the three. And then the name is absolutely perfect. It's a trust-up between A or B for me. I'm going to go with with B. Um, spoopy, I think, is a grief word. 
Um, and, and that's Griff language. And so, therefore, I'm going to go with beer B. Tony, got bad news for you. Oh. Uh, the beer that I made up is beer C, actually. Oh. Uh, it is the evil twin beer. I did make that up. Motherfucker. Um, the creppy and spoopy sour ale is real. They really <laughs> said creppy and spoopy <laughs> on it. Uh, spoopy is a word I was familiar with and have used in in dialogue but before you and I talked today and for years, in fact, uh, because it it just I don't know how I've learned about it. I don't know, Reddit shit or something, but creppy was a new one for me. Actually, I was not <laughs> not into the creppy, so I like creppy, and uh, so that's a real one from Jay Wakefield. Uh, Halloween spooky, I just liked because it was they they spent a whole bunch of time transferring it from into various barrels and then dumped in fifteen pounds of Halloween candy. I just thought that was a very funny. Um, they t- they did all this like, like years of or months of barrel aging and then we're just like Bleh, and dumped a bunch of Reese's or something in there. You know, it's just kind of good. Um, but yeah, no, I made up I made up letters I made up the third one. So you're over one. But I will say that you. Absolutely nailed the way Evil Twin name a beer. That that was on point, my friend. That you should Thank get you, some yes. applause for that because that was absolutely a ripper. Yeah, I am a. I got to say, years of doing this uh, beer thing have really be, become useful in very unprofitable ways. So you got to you got to say that that's that's great for me. Um, all right, here's your second one. Uh, this one's in honor of our podcast, The Witch's Brew Engine. Uh, this is The Witch's Brew Round. Um, so here we go. First one, you got Double, Double, Toil and Trouble. This is by BrewDog. It's a 7.6% Belgian Double. Belgian Double inspired pumpkin ale. Expect festive flavors of cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla, combined with chocolate, plum, raisin, Flavors, so kind of redundant there. Very redundant. I, this is a lot of the Brewdog stuff. I think their descriptors were accurate for beers that didn't bring the flavor ten years ago. But I don't know whether they bring enough flavor for the amount of descriptors they've got now with their beers. Right. I think they're they're more subtle, and I'm not as big a fan of Brewdog as I once was. Yeah, I get you. So. Really, and, and the Shakespeare people are going to come after you if it's copy. Um, all right. Here's your second one. This one's called Hocus Pocus Magic Potion. It's from Stocks and Stables Brew Pub, 8.8%. You might be feeling magical after a couple glasses of this hoppy, foggy witch's potion, but don't worry. It's all just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. A classic New England DIPA brewed with CTZ and mosaic hops. Pair with our brie and apple burger or harvest pumpkin ravioli. That sounds good. Oh, this is this is screaming. Griff, griff, <laughs> griff, griff, griff. That menu is is something you would create if you were a contestant on Hell's Kitchen. I haven't gotten asked yet, so we don't. We'll never know. <laughs> And your third one is, uh, this is called Eye of Newt. It is by Catskill Brewing, 6.5%. Our Flanders Red is long-aged in oak, carefully selected and blended. This sublime ale has a delicate balance of 
dryness in fruit, and has a very easy tartness. Eye of Newt. That's your third one. So Which we got. I could imagine the can art having Newt Gingrich on the can as a zombie. <laughs> so that that's entertaining <laughs> to me. Um, oh, that second one again, a B screams out to me. I, I, I'm suspect about all three in this case. Um, specifically C as well. That that was my runner up. But but B screams Griff. You're right, Tony. That one was me. Um, I actually fooled Kelly with that one earlier. She didn't think I'd come up with you pairings, but um, ah, you know, you know me. You know I would do that to fool you. So, um. I did make that up. I even made up the brewery. Uh, I don't know what that means. Stocks and stables, but it sounded kind of <laughs> clever. You're like a cute name for a brewery. I don't know. Um, I, I could imagine that, um, especially in Australia, because it was a big thing to put somebody in the stocks and it was around the time of bush rangers and, and yep. um, Coven Co um, horse transport. So yeah, stocks and stables works in Australia, but I like the red herring of the brew pub because who would think to have, Mention a brew pub um, as, <laughs> as your fake beer, but but kudos to you. But yeah, the rest of it gave it away. Yeah, whoops. Um, all right. So it, it, I was just thinking that if if we ever if we can ever get a brewery to make or or a brewery to start with a new name or something or make one of the beers we come up with in this stupid bit, then that would might be our greatest achievement. Um, might take 300, 500 episodes. I don't know, but I would love for that to happen. Uh, all right. Round three. Uh, I named this round Black Cats and Bats. Uh, you got all your favorite <laughs> Halloween animals out there. You got black cat running around. You got bats, vampire bats flying around. And um, what else is a Halloween? Werewolf? I mean, a werewolf is just a person that's a wolf. So a real wolf? I don't know. Um. So here's your here's your first one in this round, Tony. This one's called Scaredy Cat. It's from Vintage Brewing Company. 6.6%. Dark beer lovers rejoice. Our pitch black stout is packed with the rich malt flavors of chocolate, caramel, molasses, and espresso and is brewed with a large portion of rolled oats for a well-rounded, chewy mouthfeel. Hardy and robust, Scaredy Cat is no scrawny little kitty. Scaredy Cat is great with our beer-battered fish and chips or oatmeal stout pot roast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. Oh, um, buddy. Buddy, <laughs> buddy, buddy. All right, here's your next one. This one's called uh, Vampire Bat Out of Hell by Wasatch Brewing, 7%. Our fall... Pairs well with a meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our fall seasonal edition of our Vampire Bat Hoppy Red Ale with a hefty addition of guajillo and ancho chili peppers. Like a sinner at the gates of heaven, this beer is pleasantly citrusy but with a dark lingering burn. Get it while you can because it'll be gone when the morning comes. Okay. I thought this was going to be like a meatloaf reference, but yeah, okay. Continue. Doesn't do much for me. And uh, letter C is called Fruit Bat Raspberry from Hell's Basement. It's 4.3%. Uh, the appearance of the fruit bat in Medicine Hat is a sign that spring is near. The fruit bat has landed, and this year it is packed full of sweet, tangy, 
raspberry flavor, two exclamation points. Um, Tony Medicine Hat, by the way, I do want to give you context, is a town. Okay. Um, uh, It's not just a hat. Yeah, I thought that was going to be some Dr. Zeus action there to start with, and it was going to be like cat in the hat. Um, And, yeah, but A screams out to me, the pairings again, (laughs) just, just like, this is just you, week two of Hell's Kitchen, just like pooping out the food. Because um, you're the guy in the past that, that can survive those first couple of weeks, but when the pressure goes on, you crumble. Um, I think your mm-hmm. flavours in the individual challenges are good. You'd get the um, the um, punishment pass. I think you would get that in the first couple of weeks, but I think you're starting to mm-hmm. fall apart around five or six. So my answer is, is beer A. All right. Tony, that is incorrect. I made up beer B, the vampire bait out of hell, and uh, <laughs> our listeners are screaming because they heard the meatloaf lyrics from the song that I fit into the description of beer. Um, uh, beer A actually gave me the idea to put beer pairings in beer in the last one. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, vampire bat out of hell. I did manage to squeeze in uh, Sinner at the Gates of Heaven, you know. Gone. Come on, Tony. He didn't get any of the meatloaf bits. But uh, a red ale with guajillo and ancho chili pepper. That sounds fine to me. I, I, I like yeah, the I idea of that. that. Um, because you didn't yeah. go with, like, like straight up, like, just spice. Those are chilies that bring a lot of flavor to the table. So Yeah. Not that's just bring, like, veg- vegetables. Vegetal taste. I hate that. Like yeah, you that, put jalapeno that, in it, and it just tastes like green pepper to me. Yes, that is Nasty. the issue I have with a lot of chili beers. Is sort of that that uncanny green vegetable weirdness, and it really is off putting. I like the heat um, of some chili beers, especially in, in dark beers. Um, I'm a big fan of those, but yeah, that that green flavor is really off putting to me. Agreed. Um, great. Well, you went one for three, Tony. Uh, the Dracula Foundation will be awaiting their million dollar check so they can buy the blood bank. So, who um, do I make that out to, George Soros or Bill Gates? <laughs> I think it's um, who's the most Dracula looking of these people? Um, George. I don't. I don't know. Be- Bezos has a Dracula nearing Dracula type qualities, but it's probably Bezos. Yeah, but he hasn't yeah. made it's it probably in- Soros. Yeah. He hasn't made it into Alex Jones elites that are the the um forget what he calls them, but are trying to take over the world. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. depending on on what guest Alex has got on, is either one of the twelve elites trying to control the world, or he's just middle middle management. Um, he can't tend to make up his mind there. He's, but, um, sitting, at a, he's sitting at a cube in the <laughs> rule of the world office. Yes, very funny. <laughs> And he loves using the word, and and if you can explain this word to me, please do, because he, he just throws it in at the most inopportune times, the word metaphysical. I mean, it sounds like something like Ghostbusters. I mean, that's Ghostbusters <laughs> stuff, right? It is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we're all dealing with the metaphysical. It's a spooky Halloween, um, and... Uh, Tony, as it turns out, the, you know, the zombies, the Umbrella Corporation has reached my house 
they are uh, beating down the door now. So I think we have to go. Um, Tony, do you have any other spooky comments for the for the folks out there before I uh, give my long wrap up that I can't remember what it is anymore? Arbor Day often gets the um, the moniker of the worst public holiday in America. I believe that's oh, unfair. Worst, yeah. I think it is Halloween. Terrible, terrible holiday. Yeah, you don't get any days off for Halloween. It's really, really stupid. Um, and I will be hiding in my house. I will not be touching any kids or touching any candy <laughs> or touching anything. Uh, God, I no hope you touching. don't touch any kids. Appropriately well, or inappropriately. Yeah. Either way, it won't be. Either way, these hands are washed and uh, staying clean, and my air will be staying fully filtered by the by my house. Um, I, but yeah, hey, good and let a show go by without saying something stupid. Of course. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony, uh, you can of course, uh, as you know, uh, folks can reach out to us. They can email us at beerengineshow at gmail dot com. I'll read it. So send it, uh, check us out on Instagram, beer engine pod. We're posting stuff, posting pictures. Occasionally Tony's drinking white claw. You can check us out there. Um, we're on Twitter, beer engine pod, not a lot going on there. Follow us anyways. Maybe it'll inspire me. Well, um, and otherwise I think that's pretty much most of the ways you can get a hold of us. Please uh, like, and subscribe our podcast. It would be really nice if you liked it and subscribe to it and rated it and, you know, told maybe writer rating or writer review or whatever it do things. God, I, I will never learn as we know. I'll never know. Um, but whatever it is that you do to make people, other people download your podcast, uh, do that. Uh, Tony, anything else before we, uh, let everybody get on to their, um, trick or treating safe, safe, non molesty trick or treating experience. If you want a good laugh, because it is just so racist. Check out Alex Jones singing. You can look it up on YouTube. It's out there. It was posted within the last week. Um, Just completely racist. And, yeah, it's hysterical for all the wrong reasons. If there's anything we've learned from politics this week and every week, it's try to keep your pud off of the TV and the movies. And uh, we're still failing at that. We have not learned those rules. That's called pulling a Um, turban. Don't or a Giuliani at this point. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. See ya.